It's time for us to do something. Good evening and welcome to Pello Talk. We're in uh, daylight saving time and I'm not. So uh, we're keeping the same time every week for the southern states outside of Queensland, um, 8 p.m. And for Queenslanders, uh, hopefully you're not tuning in late but getting this live at 7 p.m. Queensland time for the next six months. Well, the Victorian Police Minister, Lisa Neville, was humiliated and embarrassed into backing down late last year from boasts she'd given at press conferences. She claimed the Victoria Police Fees and Charges Regulations of 2014 allowed Victoria Police to issue user pays invoices to the organisers of tours by Conservative speakers like Milo Yiannopoulos and Lauren Southern. I and my then-partner, Luke Isaac, were the organisers of the Lauren Southern and Stephen Molyneux tour, and Melbourne was our first stop. Various loosely aligned Antifa groups advertised their plans to protest the event, as only they do, and we coordinated, closely communicated, and cooperated with the hard-working and brave officers of Victoria Police to ensure they could do their job, including the counter-terrorism unit and the major events unit. Apologetically, the officers we were working with one day advised us they had to pass on a quote for user pays police resources they anticipated needing. The quote for a private speaking event held on private property excluding uninvited guests with private security ensuring no guests had weapons or behaved badly was a crippling $150,000. We engaged a solicitor who formally rejected their quote and refused their offer in writing. Do your job. They, of course, attended the event and did a wonderful job within the parameters they were allowed by higher-ups and modern procedures. Uh, the only people arrested were the people that abused and assaulted police. We provided them with a large room to provide catering for free and hold briefings for hundreds of police who served the public that night no charge. I left our meeting halfway through and stood outside with some of the commanders to observe the feral animals outside the premises. The scene was alternately thrilling and terrifying. On one hand, it was like being on the set of a Hollywood movie, hundreds of riot police in full riot gear, huge police horses also kitted up to protect against lawless rioters, even a police helicopter with blazing spotlight trained on the mayhem just metres away. But on the other hand, it it looked like a war zone, the kind we see on TV in Baghdad or UC Berkeley. And that broke my heart for the spiritual darkness, unfettered hatred and violent anger which had invaded my beloved nation and overflowed into the streets like an open sewer. I feared not for myself, but for Melbourne and for Australia. What may yet be more disturbing is that user, that user pays policing quote. Remember, in Australia, the police have a monopoly on violence. It's simply illegal for us to hire the private militia needed to keep the public safe from Antifa. Their publicly advertised purpose is to abuse, intimidate, harass, film, publish and dox the people who have ideas they don't like. And we've seen the video evidence of everything they're prepared to do. They ignore laws inconvenient to their agenda and rationalise their lawless behaviour until they give themselves a whatever-it-takes permission to hurt people simply attending events like this. We've seen in America endless footage that no one is safe from their domestic terrorism. 
The user pays policing concept is simply a myth. I'll tell you shortly why this is so and has been confirmed in the Victorian Parliament to the shame of then Police Commissioner Ashton and Police Minister Lisa Neville. But we need to understand this. If Antifa and the similar low-life scum who have no hesitation in actually blocking highways and otherwise terrorising conservative event attendees believe they can add a hundred and $50,000 to the costs of such an event, they will be encouraged and incentivized to more such lawless behavior. The police, by reason of such a policy, would be in effect promoting lawless behavior and threats to public safety. This is called the thug's veto and gives Antifa the perfect strategy to shut down democratic public debate whenever they want, just like Hitler's brown shirts so effectively did. Watch this extremist speaking specifically about the event I helped organise explain exactly this in his own words. They're all animals. They're all animals. They deserve to be abused. If I helped contribute in any way to the big bill that Axiomatic Entertainment scored from their Victorian leg of this Lauren Southern and Stephen Molyneux tour, then I'm static. I wish it was more. I wish it happened to them in every state, you know. Status, chill or not, be damned. I'm glad that they could, that they could, it cost them some money. them, you know. Anything you can throw at these animals, just stop this. This isn't politics. It's not society. It's not culture. It's just spewing reactionary to get the most rabid dog fan base continually paying you money. Of course it would be YouTube content creators that would lead this charge into the depths, wouldn't it? You know, this cultural mining of the depths of filth and rabid racist eugenicist That lovely gentleman goes on and on and on uh, and he understands his bad behaviour directly resulted in an invoice from Victoria Police for the people he was targeting. His hope was the future events would be cancelled as the costs couldn't be recovered from attendees. He then proceeds, before the end of that not-too-long clip, to publish incitement to similar behaviour in every city. Weeks after the tour, a worried conservative from the other side of the continent advised me in a phone call that he had changed his plans for a conference. He changed the speakers for somebody who Antifa might consider less controversial because he was worried about just such a bill from police, even though his state's legislation sensibly stipulates events with less than 5,000 people face no costs. I read the Victorian regulations when we got slapped with this quote and could not see how the police minister or police political ranks interpreted them to think they applied to us. They sent our company an invoice for $67,842.50 after the event anyway, along with routine reminders every 30 days for the invoice I was just ignoring. But I didn't want to ignore it. We have to set an example. I formed a coalition of conservative heroes from academia, journalism, legal practice, and others who were determined to fight this horrendous potential precedent all the way to the highest court in the land if necessary. And we sent them another solicitor's letter saying, we refused to pay the immoral invoice and they were welcome to try and enforce it in court. And then we did lots of media to make sure everybody knew this wasn't going away quietly. 
During the course of conversations with Victoria Police before the event, we happened to talk to an officer who was the who was new to the team we were talking with, and he described the hope inside that department that the quote for $150,000 would discourage us from holding the event altogether. We were caught off guard, not sure we were hearing correctly. Listen for yourself whether you think the quote was politically motivated in any way. Here's the recording. What was your specific question for Lee? Oh, well, we were just talking about it. There was a form populated with $150,000 user pays bill or something on there. Um, oh, yes, that was going to potentially throw them off if they continue or not. Did I overhear that? Sorry, what was that? <laughs> there was a bit of a user pay type system and we were going to drop a bit of a quoted bill on them. We were hoping they would go away. Well, one day, over a year later, 2nd of August last year, I was called by Neil Mitchell on his radio show to ask for my reaction to the police dropping the invoice. I hadn't heard of this at all, but some Conservative friends in Victorian Parliament asked Lisa Neville in Parliament why the user pays invoice she bravely told incurious journalists was fair and lawful had been dropped. In her answer on the record, she detailed, and I quote, the Victorian Government Solicitor's Office, VGSO, has advised that Victoria Police is unable to recover costs for police attendance at events in lieu of a defined agreement, end quote. The regulations aren't enough. The regulations certainly did not cover our type of event. They needed an agreement. So there you go. Shout it from the rooftops. Let every Conservative know there is no need to enter into agreements with Victoria Police. Do what we did and say, no thank you, for user pays agreements. No matter how much they bluff and bluster and make spurious claims about regulations this and regulations that, it's unlawful and immoral to enable the thug's veto. Make sure you've read the regulations for yourself if you're planning on holding an event and don't trust the politicians' self-serving interpretations. Bullies like Daniel Andrews, Lisa Neville and the political ranks of Victoria Police can be defeated by standing up to them. And we must stand up to them. And tonight I'm joined by a bunch of people who are standing up to the bully Labor government and political police ranks of Victoria. First tonight, I'm very, very happy to have on the show Avi Yemeni. Avi, welcome to Pelo Talk Live. Happy to be here, mate. Thanks for having me. Now, we've got a whole bunch of comments already on the screen. Let me invite viewers. If you've got a question, if you've got a comment, if it's civil and on topic, uh, we'll definitely put it on the screen and maybe even talk to it. Uh, I'm going to be joined also by Bernie Finn a little bit later, but uh, we just want to make sure we respect his role, that he doesn't um, have to say anything for or, or against the parliament uh, in this legal matter. So we'll bring him in after we've talked about Arby's case. But uh, right away, we can also add back to Pelo Talk, Topher Field. Topher, thanks for coming again. Thank you very much for having me. I like uh, I like your set. It's much more uh, masculine than last week. As, uh, as last week, I was at my in-laws. We're hoping to look after them while they're locked down. Um, nice. So unfortunately, I wasn't in my own space. This is this is my space. <laughs> very very nice indeed. So Avi, you are taking the state of Victoria. Um, you're not just 
uh, playing hard to get or, or come and get me with uh, with Lisa Neville. You're actually going after her police department. Well, I think for too long, uh, I've been playing the, you know, come and get me game and let them charge me and then beat the charges. But finally, um, we're going after them. We're taking the fight to them. I, I think a lot of people think th that this whole Victoria Police out of control is a new thing. Uh, I think the lockdown has exposed the toxic culture of Victoria Police, but it's been going on for way too long. Like in your case, I remember um, that event as well. So finally, we're going to take the fight to them. And that's thanks to everybody that's helping us do it. We've managed to raise over $100,000 for this fight. So, I, you know, I couldn't do this alone. This is everyone that on, on our site at Stand With Avi. I think it's standwithavi.com, I think. I'll bring that up. Uh, I'll bring that up right now. Why don't you? Um, we'll watch the video in a second, uh, but tell us a, a bit about what we're going to see on it. So basically, I went to cover the one of the lockdown protests. It was the main one that they had here. Uh, I went as a journalist for Rebel News, and um, I was covering the events. It, it, it was kind of calm until a certain point where police decided to kind of corner all the protesters. It, we'd been walking around, you know, I was walking around with them for a couple, good couple of hours, and then they cornered them there on Albert Park. And as I'm doing a piece to camera, suddenly out of nowhere, I, I actually thought he was joking. <laughs> the yeah, man like just walks up to me and has his and, and I thought he was joking because I, I often banter with a lot of the cops um, at these sort of events. You know, I think they kind of like what I do generally, I, I support the the police. I've never, you know, mm. I, I, I just target bad policing. That was, that day was certainly bad policing mm. and I became one of their targets at that point. Let's have a look at the video. It was quite peaceful until... G'day guys, I'm here today at the Supreme Court, which is the highest court in the state of Victoria to launch our fight back against what has become the out-of-control police state. The world has witnessed what's happening mm. here from unlawful arrests to police brutality. And of course, as you remember last week, the moment I was violently tackled to the ground, arrested, held against my will and sent packing. Why? For doing my job, the crime of journalism. It is... Um... I mean, the video is pretty straightforward. There's absolutely no justification for that arrest. I mean, you're holding a microphone. It's clearly branded with the flag for a, a media outlet. Um, they knew, they know me. He obviously knew who I was. He came straight for me. And if you watch, you know, the minutes before that, it, uh, there was no one around me. I was part of a group of press. Um, thank you. I can see a screen. Thanks for the love. Um, <laughs> You, you, and you know what's 
so the idea that in Melbourne, Victoria, where I've grown up, I was tackled to the ground by police for doing my job. Mm. Um, and at the same time, last year, this time I was in Hong Kong where police brutality, I was, I was there reporting from the front line on police brutality. And even there, I hadn't ever been tackled to the ground like that. Wow. I'm embarrassed to say that. Yeah. It is, it is um, upsetting to see your country go this way, isn't it? It's sad. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, when, when these borders open, I think there's going to be a mass exodus of conservatives. I don't think there's, uh, sadly, there's not much hope for Victoria because I believe the small group of sensible conservatives are going to run. Topher, is it a legitimate um, strategy to flee Victoria right now? Look, it's, it is it is something that, honestly, my wife and I were having exactly that conversation. Um, we had the, the privilege and pain of uh, seeing Venezuela. We were in Caracas in 2014, and that's a country that has very much fallen to the same sorts of ideas that we're now seeing become popularised in Victoria, certainly certainly within the people who are, who are standing with Dan. And, uh, and, and you see the consequences. And one of the things that really struck me was only a small majority of people actually voted for, uh, for, for socialism to take over their particular state. And yet all of them had to live with the consequences. And, and I was staying with people who had, had had businesses. They were entrepreneurs. They'd been completely ruined by staying for too long. You know, there is an argument to stay and fight. Uh, and I, I admire, Avi, I admire what you're doing. And in fact, Dave, I was here on the show last week talking about lawfare and the need mm. for lawfare, that yep. I think this is one of the last peaceful ways that we have of actually pushing back and, and potentially making a difference. I do still have some faith in the Supreme Court of Victoria and, and in the, the High Court of Australia. So, um, Avi, I applaud what you're doing. It's, I think it's, it's exactly the right strategy at exactly the right time. But there is a debate. Do you stay and fight and risk being stuck? You know, how did it go for the Germans who who stayed and, and tried to, to stop Hitler from rising? How did it go for, for, for the Chinese who might have tried to stop Mao Zedong's cultural revolution happening? How did it go for Venezuelans who tried to stop um, Chavez over there? You know, it, it didn't end well. And there... I think there is more hope for Victoria simply because it's a state rather than a country and they do sit under the Commonwealth. Uh, they do have to play nice with the other states around them as much as as much as they do seem to be sort of talking smack at each other at the moment. You know, why would you want to go to South Australia, etc.? In the end, their very survival does depend on them getting along. So I do think there's more hope for Victoria than there is for those other countries that I mentioned. But it is a worthy question. And uh, my wife and I, we're not packing our bags but we are considering our options. What do you think, Arby? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of uh, lots of good content for covering as a I Rebel News uh, <laughs> correspondent in I Victoria. Gotta admit, I do kind of like the fact that there's a protest without fail every single weekend in Victoria, not in lockdown, but um, outside of that. So it is, a, for me, a, 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 but it's, it's hard to live here. And, and to be fair, you know, a holiday is to go somewhere where there are just sensible people these days, just out yeah. of Victoria. So, so I can see why people would want to leave. So what's mm. the uh, what's what's the impact of your case? You, you've gone to the Supreme Court. You've lodged your suit against the state of Victoria mm. as the employers of Victoria Police. Um, what's what's the impact that it has, and and what's the prospects for success? What are you hoping happens? Well, for me, it's about the findings. I want the court to find 
the obvious that the behavior of Victoria Police was unlawful. It was illegal. They illegally detained me for no reason. They gave me an unlawful move on order after that. Um, I want them to admit that now. You can't, what you can get from the Supreme Court is a finding. So the finding is what's important to me. They very may well uh, try settle with me beforehand, uh, you know, but that's not going to happen because this is not about money. This is about, uh, getting the the outcome so everybody knows and that a few there's a few points i want to get from it you know i want to be able to also go to these protests because i have gone in the past and i have been arrested in the past australia day was it or the last one which is also part of our suit i was arrested there in that case they arrested me for my own safety because i was swarmed by antifa the, the same group that you opened this segment with um mm. so I want to be mm. able to go to these events and do my job, whether you like it or not. I'm a paid journalist. So I go to these events, I cover them. And if people aren't happy by my presence, um, I want police to either stay out of it or to do their job and serve and protect, not target the victim or the potential victim. They can't arrest mm. me for my own safety. So I think this fight um does a few things it gets it it's it, it, i can see already it's changed the way police um treat me you know really? after i was arrested that night they came to my house to kind of to try intimidate me the moment this went public police have started to behave in a very different way so i imagine that as this progresses and as the findings from the court um do show that they were indeed unlawful and illegally behaving and that cop who directed that whole um incident lose you know has, loses his job or at least his position he needs um, some professional think, consequences yeah mm. there's professional consequences because he, it, this is not about cancel culture i don't think anyone should lose mm. a job for something they say but he he, he failed he targeted mm. me and i think the consequences of that of him losing his job will then tell every other cop on the ground do your job mm. don't target someone that, that you don't like i i, I imagine in his situation exactly he was right. me because he, because i'm critical of the powers they have at the moment yeah we, um, we'll talk uh, more more about that in just a sec what i'm curious about is what business the police claimed to have at your house that night when they came what was it mm -hmm. nine o'clock at night your kids were in bed they i was on a list that's that that's their wording you watch back the footage um i just so they needed to come to your house to tell you you're on a list and I'm on a list, and that it was a compliance check, is and that I'm on uh, some list. A compliance check, you know, after I was arrested but let go without charge, both situations, uh, arrested, uh, let go without charge, and given a move on order. The way they use is it's a misuse of the move on order. They they apply this move on order, mm, and mm. because basically you haven't committed any offense where they can arrest you and detain you and take you away and charge you. Otherwise, they would have done that. What they do is then they give you a move on order on a false. Uh, pretense and then they go the moment you breach that move on order that's the that's the minute you've committed an offense because now forget mm, about everything that's correct. happened before that. you've now breached a move on order. Now, you can contest that because it's still with the legitimacy of the move on order is the question yep. but uh, that's that's it's this it's the tactics they're using here to shut down um conservatives they don't apply the same uh, think to to uh, the left we saw here we saw black lives matter rallying on the streets i was at that rally tens of thousands free to rally during stage three coronavirus was still a thing they said that it was impossible to police that 
Suddenly yep. when you have hundreds on the streets mm-hmm. now, or even at one point at the, at the first lockdown rally, there was at least 2000 there. Suddenly yep. it was easy for them to police it. So yeah. it, it was the it, same frustration when they were policing my event. I, I'm like, why aren't you arresting these guys? They, they're clearly breaking laws right in front mm-hmm. of your face. Mm-hmm. Why haven't you got uh, buses loaded up to take these guys to jail? Um, and Which they, I mean, they bring buses and uh, and whole trailers full of cells to the anti-lockdown protests. So clearly they've got the equipment. But Arby, they, you're- they do. Uh, and, and what they wanted to do only was video them and charge them later, maybe if there was enough evidence. Yeah. Tofi, you were trying to say something? Oh. Arby, you're absolutely spot on. The, the This is why lawfare is so important, is okay. to try and bring home some level of consequence at a professional level. I'm not about vigilantism, but bring home a level absolutely. of consequence when people abuse their position, <clears throat> abuse absolutely. the trust that the public have placed in them. And David, it's it's the reverse of what the police tried to do to you with that bill. They yep. weren't just targeting you with that bill; they were targeting everyone else who was thinking about running a conference. Exactly. Are you not They're just making targeting? an example of you. They're making That's an right. example of me. They're making an example of anyone who dare challenge uh, what they're saying or what they're doing, how they're behaving. And they always target the compliant ones. That's that's what you find. That and look, I, on, on a level, I understand that. That's lazy policing. I've served in the military. I know that it's always easier to take the one compliant one rather mm. than target the masses of uncompliant, violent thugs. Obviously, yeah. it's easier if I can get away yeah. with just removing. But that's not moral. That's not right in a democracy. That's yeah. not what we should be doing. Let's uh, have a look at uh, how Topher's gotten himself in trouble. And immediately <laughs> after that, we'll bring in uh, Bernie Finn, member of the Upper House in Victoria. But uh, here's uh, Topher incurring the wrath of the law. Who would have thought that in our own free country, we would have to risk fines in order to gather and honour Anzac Day? Anzac Day is a fitting day for us to gather contrary to the opinions of many people on my live stream right now who seem to be outraged that we would choose this day it is actually the best day not only do we gather in their memory and in their honor but we now gather in protest against the lockdown which has been forced upon us by our own government remember that our anzacs have fought in many wars in many places but always against the same enemy it's true in every war They have fought against governments which deny freedom for their own people. That has been our enemy since the beginning. From the Ottoman Empire and Kaiser Wilhelm's Germany in World War I, to the Nazi regime in Imperial Japan in World War II, the communist takeovers of Korea and Vietnam, the dictatorship of Saddam Hussein in Iraq, or the totalitarian Taliban regime in Afghanistan and many other conflicts in between, our diggers have fought and died on almost every continent to protect a precious and fragile idea. The idea that the government is there to serve the people and not to rule them. For all of our imperfections, and we do have many, Australia is still a shining example of what people can achieve when they are comparatively free, when their government serves the people's interests as the people pursue their dreams and ambitions. And people rightly flock from all over the world to be a part of this wonderful country and enjoyed the freedoms that our Anzacs fought for. As we look elsewhere in the world and through other times in history, we see many examples of the suffering that is created when people are made to serve the dreams and ambitions of their government. Our Anzacs fought against governments who took control over their people, and yet today we see echoes of history repeating right here at home. 
as we are bullied and threatened, berated and cajoled into living lives of fear and withdrawing into our homes, stripped of our incomes and our independence, we're expected to beg the government for a handout to save us from being ruined, ruined by the rules they made. It's for your own good, we are told. And I don't doubt that they mean well, but the road to hell is truly paved with good intentions. Mm. What we have seen is not only the wholesale destruction of our economy, of lives, of dreams, of futures, but the wholesale trampling of the rights and freedoms that are now our birthright, thanks to our Anzacs. And it's all due to a virus which we now know is not nearly as deadly as we first feared. And there is mounting evidence to say that the lockdowns don't actually achieve what we expect. Here in Victoria, where we are locked down, our ordeal is only just beginning. We're being told that lockdowns may have to continue in some form or other for months or even a year or more, awaiting the development of a vaccine, something that's never been successfully done with any other coronavirus in history. We are destroying our today, and we are betting our tomorrow on a long odds gamble. And in the process, we're allowing our governments to become just a little bit more like the governments that our Anzacs have fought against. In Western democracies, the government is supposed to be the servant of the people, not a bully. Yet what we're seeing from Daniel Andrews now is bullying and intimidation, an unprecedented power grab, and all based on epidemiological models which have already been proven to be wrong. This virus will pass, but the massive debt and the unprecedented power grab that we have seen will affect Victorians and Australians for generations. We owe it to our children to stop this in our generation, and to pass to them the same freedoms that our ancestors, and especially our Anzacs, passed to us. So thank you for being here, for enjoying a little exercise in this beautiful park, and for taking a small, but I believe symbolically powerful stand for our freedoms, for our children, for our futures. Thank you, each and every one of you. Well said, um, and obviously some good applause there. I wouldn't mind getting a copy of that text if I can uh, post it on my website for people to read again. Um, I'd be uh, be happy to send that to you. That's um, that was Anzac Day, April twenty fifth, and I don't know if we were the first anti lockdown uh, rally, but obviously we were. That was one of the earlier ones, and um, the police were actually waiting for us when we showed up. They obviously got wind of the event coming, and uh, we had some guys there that stood and, and chatted with them, and ultimately, actually, the police withdrew. They left completely and we were free to then carry on and do what we did uh, without any police. I didn't see a single police officer as I headed back to the car afterwards. So a very different experience to what we've seen at many of the rallies since. Uh, but what they did then was they uh, they looked me up. Obviously, my my uh, live stream of the event had over 100 and I think it's got over 190,000 views now on that live stream wow. of the event. And um, they, they obviously had no difficulty finding out who I was. And they sent me a fine uh, for attending an illegal gathering during the stage three lockdowns. I'll, um, I'll ask you more about that in just a second. Okay. I do want to welcome to the show tonight uh, Bernie Finn, MP. Bernie Finn is the Upper House Representative, member of the Legislative Assembly for Council. the Western, sorry, M MLC, was it? Oh, Council, yeah. right. I, I'm sorry, that's very important uh, to get right. You Queenslanders have a lot of trouble with that. Oh, we so <laughs> do. If only we had uh, such a democracy. Then again. Uh, yep. Anyway, uh, Bernie Finn for the Western Metropolitan. Welcome, Bernie. G'day, Dave. How's it going? Well, I wish we had an upper house. Um, we might try and do it a bit better, but um, mm. I think you've got uh, three crossbenchers, which are quite problematic at the moment. 
Well, I've, we've got a number of crossbenches that could be a problem, but I have to say the upper house is, is in a better condition than the the lower house, and the upper house, we're never quite sure where the vote's going to go, uh, but the lower house, it's, it's a dead certainty every time. Uh, well, and, that, and, there, and there lies our problem. Indeed, uncertainty is a, is a very helpful thing. Uh, tell me, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the gathering for Anzac Day, um, mm -hmm. and uh, and and the I guess the contents of of that speech? Well, I uh, I've had a fair bit to do with the police over the last decade uh, with regard to uh, protests, uh, because as you probably know, uh, I organise the uh, well, I'm the president of the committee uh, that organises March for the Babies uh, every every October. We have the mm. online version coming up uh, this Saturday, in fact, and. Uh, most March the for the Babies. What's the website for that? I'll bring it up while you're talking. Uh, www.marchforthebabies.online, I think, uh, from memory. Okay. Uh, and and um, uh, it, many most of the time the police have been great, but we had one year uh, where the police stood back and watched, watched, watched us being bashed. Uh, and it was quite extraordinary, something that I'd Goodness. never experienced before. Um, it was clearly... Uh, an attack, an attack on us, and not just a physical attack, but an attack on the cause, and that was made very, very clear to us by the officer uh, in charge. And I, uh, I have to say, um, I was not happy, punter. And uh, whilst <laughs> people were being bashed, whilst while bones were being broken uh, in front of Parliament, I went up to the the officer in charge and I said to her, um, "Are you going to do something about this?" To which she responded, "About what?" Um, and I, I may have I may have given her a few choice words of advice at that point in time, uh, but you know we we since then have had a pretty good run from the police because I have to say I did I did create Mary Hill uh, as a result of that because it was an absolute an absolute disgrace. But unfortunately, um, we have over the last twenty years in Victoria um, had police command uh, which has become entirely uh, political. Um, it is it is politicised. Uh, it is it is. Uh, led by political appointees of, of Labor governments, and of course, it all started when uh, when the um, uh, the, the um, ever ever present Christine Nixon uh, was appointed Chief Commissioner back in uh, in two thousand, uh, when uh, Steve Bratz was was Premier, uh, and uh, she was appointed uh, not as a not as a uh, the upholder of law and order, not as a uh, as, as the leader of a police force. She was she was appointed as a social engineer, and she went about. Uh, uh, refocusing, reforming the um, the police force in Victoria in her own image, and Victoria Police, I have to say, has never has never really recovered from that, uh, and it's just got worse ever since. Because as you would be aware, uh, over the last uh, 21, 22 years, uh, the Liberal Party has only been in government for four of those years. Labor Labor has been in government for uh, for all of those other all of the, all the rest of that time. Uh, so um, they have been able to do. Pretty much whatever they like, they make all the appointments, uh, whether they be police, whether they be uh, judiciary, uh, whatever, wherever they may be, uh, it is the Labor government that has made the appointees uh, or made the appointments rather. And um, as a state, uh, we are suffering uh, from that, uh, and uh, it is really something that I have to say uh, is worrying me enormously as to our future, because even when the Liberals are elected at the next election. Um, we, you know, to, to, to clean this up, we're going to have to spend almost all of our time uh, with a list and, and going through the list, mm. uh, removing those who have been put there by the Labor Party uh, to, uh, to promote um, 
what the Labor Party wants promoted. And that's certainly something that um, that does concern me enormously. Topher, um, what is actually going on with your fine at the moment? Um, and and has it progressed to a stage where, where people can find a way to support you at all? Well, I, I take exactly the same approach as what Avi expressed before. It, it's not about just getting out of the fine. It's about actually using it to then set a precedent or, or to create something that other people can follow along behind. I decided to go through the administrative process of having them review it. And I wrote a letter which, in which I specified the reasons why I didn't believe it to be valid. I, I invoked the Victorian Charter of Human Rights and Responsibilities, the uh, the comments from the Attorney General that that is still in force. Uh, I invoked a precedent, uh, some precedents from the High Court involving the implied right to political communication, uh, knowing very well that this was well above the pay grade of whoever was reading and doing the review, uh, but just testing the waters and seeing, seeing what that would do. Uh, and then I heard nothing for months and months. And I thought, oh, well, it must have gone away. And it was literally just before the show last week, I actually, it turned up in the mail again. Uh, wow. And they've, they've decided, they've reviewed it and they've decided that, that, that the offence, they are satisfied that the offence occurred. Uh, yeah, there's a video of it, dude. That's that's not the point of, of that wasn't the reason for my objection. Um, so I then had to make a decision. And, and if I'm going to fight this, it really is, again, it's about setting that precedent. It's not about just trying to wriggle out of a, out of a fine. It would be cheaper just to pay the fine. Uh, that's often why they pick the fine levels that they do. They make sure that it's cheaper just to pay go away money rather yep. than fight them. Uh, and I actually, uh, I, in the end, I did a bit of research and I actually uh, filled out the form on Rebel News' website uh, yesterday to see whether they will actually pick it up or not. I haven't heard back yet. So, Avi, I don't know if you know anybody <laughs> I, who might I be able to. Literally, today I've spent most of my day catching up. We've got yeah. over 100 already. Uh, wow. submissions of funds and and they're crazy i, I spoke this this weekend i'm doing four straight up but just for an example i have a family a young family who got fined ten thousand dollars five thousand each they live on basically the, their own they, they live basically on the border of regional they crossed the border because it was their closest um health food store where they can get one um health food item that they can't get anywhere else and for driving there and stopping off to get some food for the kids on the way to eat in the park, they were fined $10,000. And the crazy is yesterday, you could see they find I, 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 the story we did yesterday at fight the fines, fightthefines.com.au. And anyone that wants to submit, please do. It's going to take us a bit of time to work <laughs> through them. But um, the, the guy yesterday, a homeless guy, got fined for sleeping in his car in, after curfew. So it's insane. We've got, we're actually the the protest ones. We're going to try work on together. A lot of the protest ones. But what I'm going to what what we're saying to most people is, at least if if you want to contest it and you should contest it, is at least you know right that you're going to contest it. But so it doesn't pass that date, especially the protest one. And I think a lot of the protest people are going to fall under the same thing. But we're gonna we might bunch them together. Um, we're mixing it up. We've got a lot of people that were that stories you just won't believe and you wouldn't have heard and just regular Aussies just living their life, trying to work within the rules, the crazy rules that keep changing every second day and getting caught up by some power hungry, you know, there are a lot of good cops out there that, that are, like, if you talk yep. to them um, and you explain your situation, they're, they're cool. But then there's also cops that have been, and, and this is the problem. There and you've got video of that. You've got video of good cops doing good their job. Good cops. And There's plenty not of good causing cops. a problem. 
Yeah. And I think we need to support the good cops and we need, yeah. especially in Victoria, we need to elevate them and we need to empower them or to speak up. And, mm. but there are also bad cops that either went into the co into the police force with the wrong um, kind of idea, the wrong motivation, or you have cops that have been too long in Victoria police that the toxic mm. style culture. of policing, the culture there has rubbed mm. off on them and, They've somehow now they've got this, you know, free pass to behave like thugs mm. and, and they're turning on their own population. Like, where else have you seen mm. the police force turning on their population? I've witnessed mm. that in Hong Kong, and that is exactly what I saw on the on the 5th of uh, September wow. at that rally. It was weird. Yeah. yeah. Now, Dave, I, I am. Yeah, go, Sorry, can I Tofa. answer your question? Uh, the answer is there's nowhere for people to support yet, but once I know what is happening with the fine, I will absolutely be be looking to come back here, but also through my own page, uh, Facebook um, forward slash Topher Field, or just search for Topher Field on Facebook. There's 20,000 people there uh, and growing all the time, and I will be looking for support. Uh, and if I do end up as a part of a bigger class action or, or something like that, then I think uh, I would love to use what little influence I have to try and help other people in the same way that, uh, that for example, Rebel News is, is helping me and, and helping others as well. So the time yep. for that will come, but I'm not yet set up and I'm not yet certain how I'm going to be proceeding. We'll talk tomorrow. Maybe hopefully we can get that. For sure. At least one good. and people Arby, meet Tofa, Tofa, meet Arby. Hey, <laughs> guys, if you're watching. He did, uh, he did try to organise this earlier and I've been a shocker. So. That's all right. Guys, if you're watching, uh, this is where you can contact our guests tonight on Facebook. It's Topher Field, Bernie Finn MP and Rebel News Australia. If you're listening to this on podcast, Topher Field is T-O-P-H-E-R, Field like a paddock, Bernie Finn with a double N MP and Rebel News Australia. And uh, this is the, um, the website, fightthefines.com.au. Uh, very important to support what's what's going on there. Now, what I wanted to uh, ask Bernie was, you know, I, I, you don't need to agree with this. So I'm going to ask you a question after this preface. I think it's a shame that Victorian police are uh, losing the faith and trust and, and even moving into fear, causing fear in the general population. People, innocent mums and dads just wanting to enjoy their constitutionally guaranteed freedoms, um, freedoms that weren't granted by government but should be protected by government, their natural freedoms. What can Victoria Police, what would and should a, a good government in Victoria do now to start turning things around and changing the culture of Victoria Police? Do you need a kind of Queensland uh, commission into fixing the police culture? No, look, I, I don't think we do. Um, I, I think that it's not so much a police culture, it is a political culture that is coming from within the government itself. Now, many years ago, when I was a young lad, which is a, many years ago, uh, we had a, a great Chief Commissioner of Police, a bloke called Mick Miller. Now, he was respected by the public, he was respected by the police force, he was respected by the media, by the parliament, the government, he was respected by everybody. Uh, because he was a damn good cop, he was he was totally straight, uh, he, he, he told it as it was, um, and he is still a legend within uh, within Victoria Police. And there are many, many, many police, as Arby said, um, who are like him, uh, who, are, who are great, are great police. Uh, but over the last 20 years, we have seen a series of chief commissioners of police um, who are political appointees, um, who have been put there specifically to do the bidding 
um, of their political masters. And, and law and order seems to me to, to come a very, very poor second. Uh, it does distress me enormously to see um, the Victoria Police Force fall into disrepute. And unfortunately, that's what's happened. And, and a lot of people that I know, and I, and I have a lot of uh, police who I regard as friends, um, and they have, they have told me how distressed they are uh, at, at the, uh, the public perception now um, mm. of Victoria Police. And, and what we have seen happen in this state is a tragedy. It is absolute tragedy. And I tell you what, it's not going to turn around anytime soon as long as Daniel Andrews or anybody in that government uh, is, is running the show. Uh, mm. Because, you know, we've got a situation here where Andrews wants to control this state and will control this state in terms of controlling the people of this state for as long as possible. He is going to keep us locked down for many, many months to come. You know, it's, you've got to remember, it's only a few weeks ago, he tried to get a state of emergency uh, for not just six months, but for 12 months. Yeah, uh, insane. Until this, time, until this time next year. Um, you know, he only got six months, and that was a, an outrageous betrayal by, by three MPs who should have known better uh, that, that gave him that. But, um, you know, he has used that. He has used that. And we have an omnibus bill, which is coming before the, the parliament to the upper house next week. Uh, Where which are you we're going? Desperately hoping to defeat, because if that is passed, um, our civil liberties, as we know them in Victoria, will disappear. They will so be a thing of the past. So you, you'll be uh, voting against those? I will most certainly be, be uh, not just voting against it, but speaking against it uh, right. with, with some vigour, I might say. Uh, I'll look forward to the video of that. What can yeah, people I'll, do at I'll, this last minute to help you? I'll get it up. I'll get it up. But look, you know, what, what we are seeing in Victoria at the moment is a Premier who is totally out of control. Uh, he is in love with his own power. Um, I think, in fact, he has seen what his mates in Beijing have done in Hong Kong, and he's decided that's the way to go. Uh, he's decided that you don't worry about civil rights. Uh, you don't worry about uh, hurting people. Uh, you don't even worry about killing people, uh, as we've seen uh, so many people who've died from the, from the second wave. Uh, you know, we have got a Premier here in the state um, who is, under normal circumstances, you'd throw him into the street. Uh, but he has got people in his own party uh, absolutely terrified uh, of, of him, uh, and uh, they, are, they are actually too scared to take him on. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, just, it's just dreadful. And I keep saying to people uh, who come to me and say, what are you doing to get rid of this bloke? What are you doing? Why aren't you going to... I just look at them and I say, elections have consequences. Yeah, that's right. And that's the bottom line. I mean, the fact of the matter is, two years ago, uh, the overwhelming majority of Victorians voted for the Labor Party in the state election. Yeah. Um, so they have to make sure that in two years' time... They vote overwhelmingly to turf them out. Unfortunately, in the meantime, the only people that can turf Andrews out is his own party. Mm. Uh, and uh, that's, uh, I can't tell you, from my perspective, that is the most frustrating thing in the world. I would dearly mm. love to be in a position to be able to get rid of him, but there is nothing that we, on our side of politics, can actually do about it apart from, from scream and yell and carry on. Uh, yeah, that's right. So, so frustrating. I can't begin mm -hmm. to tell. Let me uh, put an ad in at this point. Uh, wherever you are in Australia, whichever state, um, you need to become a member of a party to mm -hmm. control the pre-selections. Yes. Um, and you need to become a member of the party not because they represent you but because you want them to represent you better. Um, and, and so find the party that's closest and they might be yet still far away, and then be part of the voting in the party branches. You don't need to go every month, but you do need to...
pay your own uh, pay your own uh, membership fee and not be told by anybody else how to vote and, mm. and then be an active member to to make these better uh, and and we, yeah we absolutely have to have more good members of parliament and and eliminate uh, you, you then have to get involved in, in making it happen to look uh, Bernie I want to ask you another question and we've had startling revelations and allegations uh, published in international press mm. and that is uh, about the money that flowed from Italy to Australia mm. um, ostensibly to help build a case against George Pell comment on that as as much as you will uh, about Victoria Police's mm. involvement in in that overturned and failed prosecution, uh, yeah. where he was indicated seven nil in the High Court, but which was all started not with a complaint from the public, but with Victoria Police fishing for complaints, spooking well, for not just looking, advertising, advertising for for complaints. Wow, uh, they're out there advertising, and, and you know, uh, Graham Ashton, I think the former Chief Commissioner. Uh, has a great deal to answer for, as I think the current Chief Commissioner uh, Patton has a, has a great deal uh, to answer for. Um, I have asked for a, a full and complete inquiry um, in the Parliament uh, in, into this whole, what I call the, the, the persecution of George Pell. Um, I think mm. what happened here is uh, the most disgraceful betrayal of, of our justice system uh, since, since the Chamberlain case uh, 40 wow. years ago. In fact, I think it's probably worse than the Chamberlain case because the Chamberlain case was was a cover-up by by police for for whatever reason and it was certainly a, a grave injustice but here it seems uh, the police have gone out of their way to set someone up uh, mm. and that that is a major major concern we then have a situation where um, uh, the, the the justice system itself uh, has failed an innocent man has sent him to jail the Court of Appeal failed an innocent man, kept him in jail, and, of course, he had eventually to go to the High Court where the whole thing was thrown out, uh, uh, as you say, 7-0. And, you know, I spoke to a number of people in the legal fraternity um, after that, uh, particularly after the uh, the appeal was dismissed, and they were just stunned. They could not believe what was going on. And, you know, what we have seen, the allegations that we've seen over the last few days about money pouring into Victoria from overseas to ensure... Um, that uh, that George Pell uh, was locked up um, casts a very very dark pall over what used to be our justice system is now our legal system. Uh, yeah. It's something. It is something that must be investigated because I tell you what, in the eyes of the the eyes of, of the rest of Australia, and I think in the eyes of of much of the rest of the world, uh, Victoria uh, Victoria's policing and Victoria's legal system um, is currently on trial. Uh, people mm. are looking at it and saying, what the hell's going on there? Something mm. is really on the nose there. Something is really on the nose. Now, there are some of us who've been very suspicious about this uh, from day one. Uh, and, you know, George, here was George Pell. He didn't have to come back to Australia. He had he had uh, uh, the, the, the sort of uh, arrangement whereby he could have stayed where he was. But, mm. but he came back to clear his name. And mm. uh, you know, who would have possibly thought? Certainly he didn't. Um, that that he would be um, uh, set up in the way that he was, and and it's just it is I think um, one of the one of the mo one of the more uh, despicable despicable acts uh, that we have seen uh, in uh, the so-called justice system uh, in uh, in this state or indeed uh, indeed in this country, and and I am hoping uh, 
I'm, I'm not sure whether a royal commission uh, is in order. Maybe it is. But certainly I'm hoping for a, a full, a frank and an independent uh, inquiry. Where you get that in Victoria is a damn good question, I have to ask. But, I, but I'm hoping for a full, frank and independent inquiry uh, as, to, as to who did what, uh, how many times and to whom. Uh, mm. and, and we need to find that out for the sake, uh, not, not of George Pell, we need to find that out for the sake of ourselves. Absolutely. So that it happens again. Because if it can happen to George Pell, it can happen to you, it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody watching this tonight yeah. or anybody not watching it tonight. You know, if we have got, if we've got people um, in, our, in our police force, uh, people in, in police command, if we have people um, in our uh, hierarchy of the justice system, um, who can be involved in this sort of thing? Uh, we've got real problems, major yep. problems, and they need to be sorted out. And if and if the government, if the Andrews government doesn't have an inquiry, the only conclusion that you can come to is they are covering something up. Yeah, uh, well, that, that is some, that is even disturbing. even if they do hold an inquiry, they're still covering something up. What was the last well, inquiry sure they did? did. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that's the case. Yes. It, it's worth adding here that, that government bodies have form on this kind of fishing for victims. Human mm. rights commissions are particularly vicious in this regard. We saw that mm. uh, with, um, what was his name, uh, Danny Nalia, I think, at Catch the Fire yes, Pastor, yes, yes, yes. where some people went along for the purpose of being offended so that they could take him to court under human rights legislation. I believe we saw a similar thing in the case of Andrew Bolt as well, where, mm. where we essentially had human rights bodies uh, marketing their services to victims and saying, if you're not a victim yet, maybe you should watch this video or listen to this person until you feel well, offended. Got their funding. Yeah, that's right. That's right. If they, if they don't smack people down, they'll lose their funding because it's not a problem. If, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly where they're at. Mm. Mm. Some calls to uh, defund the ABC, which uh, sounds yeah, like yeah. a good idea. A good idea indeed. Look, uh, I do want to let everybody know that uh, tomorrow night we've got um, Warren Mundine's show live at uh, 7 p.m. Um, Sydney time, Melbourne time, and, uh, and just do the time adjustments for whatever state you are in. But, uh, yeah, his show, uh, Mundine's Truth Talking. I don't know why I can't get myself and this picture on screen at the same time, Bernie, but you're very handsome anyway. Um, <laughs> so tomorrow night. Yeah, we, I know you are. Tomorrow night we have, uh, uh, along with Warren Mundine, Johannes Leake from The Australian, Warren Brown from The Daily, Daily Telegraph, and Mark Knight, cartoonists from The Herald Sun, and they're going to be talking on the topic of cartooning in mm. the time of work. So that's going to be a fun conversation. Mm. Um, All and, uh, cartoonists as well. All very, they, very good. They are. Yep. So... Um, Look, uh, visit goodsource.news website, great new website, uh, just promoting a whole bunch of conservative voices in Australia. Uh, you don't have to be conservative to send an article in. Uh, we're happy to have the discussion and debate about any topic as long as it's civil, sincere and uh, well presented. But uh, we'd love to follow you, uh, love for you to follow us and have conversations with you. And if you'd like to become a supporter, it's supporters that we have to thank for shows like this tonight. We're producing new media, video and podcasts every single day for Australian conservative commentators. Uh, so that's a whole lot of fun. And, of course, um, don't forget to um, stay in touch with these guys as well. You've got uh, facebook.com slash Topher Field, uh, Bernie Finn MP, and Rebel News Australia is where you can catch up with Avi on, on Facebook. And uh, there'll be links to websites and, and other social media accounts uh, from there for everybody as well.
Um, Arby, do you think there's any uh, scope for lawfare to be employed by the right wing in the same way that uh, left wing people have been using it for so long? And is that what you're trying to do with uh, the Supreme Court case? Uh, advocate um, for good 100%. policy through the courts? A hundred percent. I think, you see, until now, I haven't, been, I haven't had the ability to do it, but I joined Rebel News, uh, what is it now, a month? It was a day after I joined where that, that arrest took place. And the way they operate, they actually have uh, a lead counsel who manages lawyers around the world with all the litigation around the world because they learnt from, um, I think, the early days even here when Mark Latham used to work for uh, mm. Rebel News that we need to be in the game. We need to, instead of being on the defensive all the time, we actually need to take the fight to them. That's what, that's what Ezra Levant actually said to me. He goes, one of the things we learned from Australia in the past when, when Mark Latham was, was, uh, uh, had the defamation case here at the time is that we need to, instead of always just, uh, throwing money at defending ourselves, we need to actually start raising money and fighting them, taking the fight to them which I think is powerful because they've had some really big wins in North America, unbelievable rebel media, what, rebel news, what they've done there. And he wants to bring that here. And I'm excited because I think just, just today, the day I've spent just reading people's submissions and how many people want to fight back, just mm. don't have the ability to. So it's exciting. And I think we need to all come together and we all need to work together. And I think it's happening. I think it's, it's, it's naturally going to happen because what I've seen happen in the last few weeks has been um, amazing. So I'm, I'm really excited. This is going to be a year of lawfare and I haven't even gone, we haven't even started to be fair. We've got so much, so many big ideas within that space of lawfare um, of holding the government here accountable, the state, the police, everybody accountable that, no longer do they feel like they have that free ride to treat us like like we're all criminals instead of mm. the population that mm. put them in power. They they don't act like they work for us anymore. They act like we are their um, little I don't know what they. I really don't even understand. You know, when you see a cop in, when you see the police now patrolling the streets with the army in a in a way that they look at you as in show us your papers. Yeah. Yeah. Prove that Papers, you are. Please. Hey, I grew up yep. here. This is this is my town. This is my. Who are you to tell me I can't walk on this street? So mm -hmm. we need to come together. And yes, I think lawfare is the only space to do it because violence mm. doesn't really get you anywhere. Um, and I don't think that that is ever the answer <laughs> in these situations. I think we have a good system. Yeah, great. We just need to refer back to it and we need to use it. The problem is it's it's expensive. It's hard. So that's where we come together. Yep. Mm. Uh, big hello to Playground of Sound, watching from Ohio, currently 6 a.m. over there. Uh, great to oh, have oh. you with us. Oh. Say again. Trump. Trump, indeed. Yeah, <laughs> say it loud. Where's your, where's your, um, Trump make? Was it make America again? Your, your hoodie. I, I should have worn that, shouldn't I? You should I, have. I, I, on, on that point tonight, I don't know if any of you watch the project. I, I, no. I, I no. do it. I do it every night almost. I'm. Why do you do that to yourself? Because I feel like <laughs> you need to watch it. Somebody does need to comment. Someone, and it's I find fair. that it just gives me unlimited um, content. And so Carrie, Carrie, Carrie Bigmore tonight, she called Donald Trump unhinged 
because he was telling people not to let coronavirus dominate you. And I just, I just <laughs> sat there and I had a thought because I'm thinking, I tweeted it out, I'm thinking, it is so perfect because she's from Victoria and that's the problem. Is someone like Carrie Bickmore can vote and they think that that Donald Trump saying don't let coronavirus dominate you, that's unhinged. But being in lockdown for seven months, whatever we've been in, that's normal. That's okay. Dictator Dan's good for us. Well, uh, our comments are being... You know what happens are, like a, like a bit more vote? You know what happens? Yes. Daniel Andrews. Daniel Andrews. Mm. No. Yeah. That's that's exactly what happens when we vote the way Carrie Bickmore and the project people mm. want us to vote. Hey, look, uh, speaking of the project, I have to advertise the fact that the People's Project, uh, which is a really great uh, show um, on, on Friday nights, will be joining The Good Source. So 7 p.m. Uh, or 6 p.m. in Brisbane, um, 7 p.m. Friday night, this Friday night, you'll be able to watch The People's Project, uh, an improvement and, and much better mm. show. Uh, that's really, really well made. Um, so uh, join join that, the good source for, for those updates um, this Friday night. Uh, Topher, take a long draw and then uh, tell us about um, about Lawfare, the, the place for that uh, growing in conservative. Is there, a, is there a wrong way for conservatives to use Lawfare if you're a fan of it? We've, we've got to be strategic. Uh, as Ivy said, it's incredibly expensive. It's prohibitively expensive. Most people mm. simply, you know, what kind of a justice system do we have really? And, and I like the fact that, uh, that, Bernie, you differentiated between a justice system and a, and a legal system. Uh, it's not a justice system when only the rich can afford to get justice. Uh, so we need to band together uh, and we need to pull our resources. But out of respect to the people that are putting their resources in, we need to be extremely strategic. We have, a, we have to act at a high level of accountability to those people that are resourcing us to make mm. sure that we've given ourselves the best possible chance of setting the kinds of precedents that are going to advance freedom in Australia. And that ultimately has to be the, the focus and the goal. Uh, and I know it's same as what Ivy said earlier, it's not about getting out of a fine or, or with yourself, uh, David, getting out of the bill. It's about standing on principle and actually yep. making sure that going forward, and, and David, you're a perfect example of this, going forward, other people can organize tours in Australia and know how to handle the police in a yep. way that they wouldn't have done if you hadn't gone through that and fought that fight. That's the right way to do it. Simply letting your ego get involved, I want to win this, or, or using other people's money just to get yourself out of fines and so forth, that's completely the wrong way to do it. Uh, and mm -hmm. I don't think anyone in this chat is interested in any of that. We're all yep. interested in the principle uh, and making sure that we're setting precedents that are going to be valuable to the people of Victoria and the people of Australia going forward and increasing the amount of freedom that we have from government. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely. spot on, 100. percent And I think it's a point to be made is that a lot of this lawfare, a lot of these cases are going to cost so much more than the fines. There's uh, there's one mm. that we're taking on, which is only a two, it's a 200. I told you 10,000 dollars, but there's also a 200 dollar fine, which is actually going to cost us probably just as much as a 10,000 dollars fine mm. to fight. Um, yep. But it's it's about it's the principle. It teaches, it shows, and it also empowers others. To say, mm -hmm. no, hold on, you know what? We actually have rights. You know, that that feeling you get in your gut where it doesn't feel right that somebody's threatening me right now with whatever fines, whatever punishment, arrest, that, that's right. 
and that mm. gut is okay and you should follow it. Mm. And you should, we should, mm-hmm. we're, we're, as Daniel Andrews keeps telling us, we're all in this together. <laughs> can, can I add to that? <laughs> uh, and, and Sorry, Bernie. I wish he was in it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Wouldn't it? I want to share an anecdote from my grandfather. Uh, he was a tennis coach back in the day. And we always used to watch the Australian Open at his place. I'd be in holidays up at his place on the Murray River. And we were watching, I cannot remember which of the tennis stars it was, but it was one of those stars who was notorious, Pat Cash, maybe maybe McEnroe, for absolutely berating the line judges. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he wasn't happy with a call, he would go ape at them. And my mum said to her dad, my grandfather, said, why, why does he bother? Why does he do that? They never change the call. In response to his reaction, they never change the call. And without missing a beat, he simply said, yes, but it seeds doubt in their mind in future. And when there's another line ball call, mm-hmm. they might just call the other way because they don't want to be on the receiving end of that again. <laughs> this is what lawfare is about, not only in terms of the legal precedence, but actually hauling some of these people over the coals who are at the more extreme, who are the, they're not the good cops, right? These are, these are the people that are actually overstepping their bounds. Other people watch them get hauled over the coals and go, you know what? I don't want to be there in future. And they may just moderate their behavior and think a little more carefully and more clearly in future than they would have if no one had ever made an example out of one of those bad cops. Yeah. Spot yeah, absolutely well said. Uh, look, we're going to start bringing this home. We're into overtime now. I want to uh, thank our, our guests for, for joining us tonight again. Uh, Topher Field, Bernie Finn MP and uh, Rebel News Australian correspondent Avi Yemeni. Uh, it's you love great pushing to... Facebook. Facebook's we, we we hate Facebook. Oh, do you? Oh, well, just, <laughs> just that's like the yeah. last platform I would tell people to go to. I normally tell people Twitter, but not everybody's on it. Topher doesn't use no. it so much. Topher's a no. Topher's a Facebook king now. Mate, you got to get on Twitter. Twitter's where the fun is at. The it is. It is so much there, isn't it? For you, you have fun back. Like swimming in a sewer. And then YouTube. YouTube swimming in a sewer, Bernie. Yeah, it's good. Yes, it is. <laughs> George Christensen hates it. Look, uh, I want yeah, to yeah. ask everybody uh, if you could, uh, if you like what we're doing tonight, this is a free market experiment. Will it sink? Will it swim? Um, it's up to you. Uh, we're putting about 90% of everything we produce out there for free. Um, and just have faith that if you value it, you will invest in it to keep it going so we can expand and multiply and grow. Wouldn't it be great to have conservative journalists actually have the chance of a career? in Australia and uh, counter the corporate media, old media. The way you can do that is by heading to goodsource.news forward slash support. We've got a special project going on there at the moment, trying to build a dedicated professional film studio here in Brisbane, uh, where half of our our, um, correspondents are. And so we can produce videos for them without charging them and help them amplify and promote their voice. That's what we're doing. And we want to see smarter voters so we can have better government, so we can have a better nation. Uh, look, uh, Bernie, I want to hear your thoughts on um, the announcement which uh, affects Queensland politics, your career not riding on, on the line with uh, government here. But, uh, you know, we could be heading down the, the road of a Victorian um, authoritarian state. We don't have an upper house in Queensland. There's not even the pretense of a legislative council to hold uh, the government to account. It's literally a four-year dictatorship. Whatever they say goes. And horrendous laws have been introduced uh, in just the last term with more promised in the next term if Anastasia Palaszczuk is uh, reinstated as dictator-in-chief. 
Um, what um, we've seen today, or was it yesterday, where um, the LNP, Deb Frecklington, has come out and said, there's nobody worse for Australia than Labor or Greens. Put them mm. last on your ballot. How does yeah. that change yeah. the game? Oh, look, I think it changes it enormously because uh, the LNP largely lost the last election uh, on, on One Nation preferences. Uh, because there were some very strange things going on at the last election. I have to mm. say I don't fully understand it myself, but very strange things going on up in Queensland uh, during uh, the last state election, and as a result, um, the LNP lost. Uh, I think uh, De Deb uh, Frecklington's announcement yesterday goes a long way uh, toward rectifying that, and it wouldn't surprise me if in a month people look back uh, at yesterday as the day that the LNP won the election, because I think people have to accept that, that Labor and the Greens are the worst possible thing uh, that are on offer in, in any election, and yeah. we, must, we must put them last. I mean, to put, to put the Greens and Labor ahead of One Nation uh, was, to my way of thinking, just insanity. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I could never understand it. So I think, I think what Deb has done uh, with the preferences on this occasion uh, is, um, is not just very politically astute, but, but is, is principled. And it's the right thing to do. And I, I congratulate her and her team on, on doing that because uh, another, I tell, you, I tell you what worries me more than anything else about Queensland. Now, I have to tell you, I am very, very fond of Queensland. I love the place. Um, and it really concerns me that Queensland is about to go down the same road as Victoria. Because yeah. I, see, I see Anastasia Palaszczuk as, uh, as Daniel Andrews' little shadow. Mm -hmm. And she, she's absolutely me. she's taking notes. And she's taking it twice. Uh, she's trying to find out who's naughty and nice and all that sort of thing. But she is going to follow him down that path. And um, that, that, that must be a major concern for every single Queenslander. You know, any Queenslander who doesn't want to end up where Victoria is now will vote for the LNP at the end of the month. Because, quite frankly, um, Anastasia Palaszczuk uh, is, is, as I say, Daniel Andrews, little shadow, and she will go where Victoria has gone before. At that point, mm. God help you. Mm. Now, I, um, I think uh, what I applaud about this decision is finally, finally we've seen a Liberal right-wing leader step out of the fear of what the ABC and Labor, but I repeat myself, will say uh, about about um, how they arrange their preference recommendations. And, and let's make this clear for the sake of education for all voters watching. Nobody controls your preferences except the person holding the pencil when you're in the ballot box. Uh, so all of those deals and everything they do, they are just for what gets printed on recommendations. They don't mm -hmm. actually control any votes. You control your vote. And so the One Nation voters last election who simply voted the way One Nation recommended, which was across the state against incumbents, whatever party they were with, that was reckless brainlessness. You have mm. to think for yourself. You have to rank your own uh, recommendations and preferences. If you need to do it from worst to best, make sure you start putting last Labor and Greens. Mm. And the rest of it there after that will probably end up with a good government. However, um, it is silly that even with those preference recommendations that the Liberal governments have been afraid of the criticism of the ABC and mm -hmm. Labor Party. Uh, again, mm -hmm. I repeat myself. 
<laughs> simply, like, who could have a worse preference deal than the Greens, which Labor mm. do? So they're hardly qualified to criticise about extreme preferences. Mm. Uh, mm. I just think all Liberal Party need to constantly say is <clears throat> it's not that we're preferencing one nation. It's that there's nobody worse for Australia than Labor and the Greens. Yeah. What do I'm you always found that bizarre, though. Dave, I've said this before and I'll say it once more. For everybody viewing tonight, the ABC can get stuffed. Yeah. <laughs> we By supporting the good source and Topher Field and Rebel News Australia. Uh, what, what did no, you say, Avi, just before? I've, I've always found that bizarre that the Liberal Party, they ca they tend to cower to what, right. the AB, what their haters say. Like, and, and you find that in the conservative movement around the world. I've, I find that too often, like cancel culture. We talk on about it, on about it but then when, when somebody targets like even, you know, mainstream conservative groups going, oh, how dare you associate with that guy? for this reason, and then they'll say to the other person, how dare you associate with, mm. but why do you cower to, why do you listen to them? They're never voting for you anyways. They're never, they don't right. like you. Why don't you actually do what's morally right? Exactly and right. Like, like you say, like, you don't have to like One Nation, but um, just like you don't have to like Trump, but look mm. at firstly the policies. Who's going to give you a worse policy, One Nation or the Greens? Mm. Yeah, yeah. We absolutely need to make the most of our preferential voting system. If you look in the US right now, it's impossible for anyone other than the big two to, to gain the presidency, for example, because very few states have any kind of preferential voting. So if you don't well, vote for I one of the big two, you're kind of throwing your vote away is the argument. Have a look at what happened in New South Wales at the last New South Wales state election, where the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party got a bunch of candidates up, uh, along with a couple of other minor parties as well. And they have been giving the New South Wales Parliament hell ever since. Uh, Helen Dalton is one of my absolute favourite politicians in Australia right now, present company excluded, of course, Bernie, um, <laughs> who is absolutely giving the New South Wales government hell in a way that even the Greens and Labor don't. She's actually holding them to account with integrity which is unfortunately something that's very, very lacking in, in, in a mm. lot of the established parties. So we we have this gift in our constitution and in our political system of a preferential voting system. And please, if you do nothing else, if you carry nothing else away from anything I've said, please take the time to understand how that works and how to use that so that you can give your vote to the person you like the most. And if they don't get enough votes, you can make sure it flows to the person that you dislike the least. And it's worth pointing out, Topher, that in New South Wales, the, the Shooters and Fishers Party have done so very well because the Nationals in New South Wales have completely sold out on everything they're supposed to. Yeah, could in. not agree more. Could I not mean, agree more. The New South Wales National Party is almost as bad as the Greens. It's, it's yeah. just an extraordinary situation that you would have yep. such a, a left-wing crew uh, within, within the National Party. So it's not surprising that Conservative voters would, would turn somewhere else. Uh, and, and I do certainly support your TOEFL when you say people need to understand the system. Uh, the number of people um, who have written to me saying, why doesn't the Governor-General step in and sack the Premier when he yeah. can't? He has no constitutional power. Or sorry, she, right. the Governor-General, that has no constitutional power to, to sack Daniel Andrews. God, if yep. he did, I'd be on the phone. But, but he, <laughs> yep. doesn't. he doesn't. And people just don't understand how it works, what's going on. People need to educate themselves about the system. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, having said that, I would love to make a, a video for you in the next week or two, uh, maybe five to ten minutes long, just explaining 
the voting system and how to make it work. Work. If you've got any questions, if you've got opinions, um, I would like to hear that. What do you think I should be telling people? What would you like to know? I've heard lots of myths uh, and lots of uh, opinions, and um, there's definitely a need to fix the education system, but we can start here on the good source. So video coming, uh, preferential voting uh, in Queensland. Don't ask me about ACT, that, that crazy system. Um, it's, it's, it's Canberra. Just, it's Canberra. What do you expect? Uh, yeah, sorry. Generally, like, the general advice is uh, actually talk to the candidates in your electorate, your electorate. You're not voting for a party. You're not voting for a leader. You're voting for a local representative. Talk yep. to them. Tell them the two or three things that are most important to you. Ask them not what they believe, not what their party believes, but ask them how they will vote if that comes up, um, which will include all of those other nice questions. But what where the rubber heel really hits the road is how will they work for you and you're hiring somebody to represent you. They work for you. You don't work for them. Sorry, Bernie. I know you know this. No, it's true. Um, Absolutely spot on, Dave. And I, I could not agree with you more. You know, people have to realise that we as members of parliament are servants of the public. And politicians like Dan Andrews who get around with their head up their fundamental orifice, um, you know, they're just no good to anyone. They're just no good to anyone. Uh, and, and until people know that they can take them to account, uh, hold them to account, um, then, then we're going to miss out as... as as people, as a, as a people, we're going to miss yeah. out big time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Uh, any voting uh, recommendations, uh, Tofa? Not specifically, no. Uh, all I would say is, uh, well, I'll, I'll echo what I said when I was invited many years ago to speak at a branch meeting of the uh, Victorian Liberal Party down here, and I was never invited back for very good reasons. Um, <laughs> I read out the words of Robert Menzies. Uh, when he founded the Liberal Party inside that room with those uh, those members there. And I asked them to compare those words with the policies and the policy positions that have been advocated by the Victorian Liberal Party ever since. And of course, they had a very short stint, four years uh, in government here and uh, were, were next to useless, unfortunately. And uh, so all I would say is, is it's all very well to vote for the big party that talks the talk, find people that walk the walk, and as a general rule, you're going to find them in the smaller parties. You're going to find them among the independents. Give them your first vote and then let your preference trickle down to the least bad of the major parties. Uh, is Unfortunately, that's, that's my approach. I make sure in my personal case, I'm not telling anyone else how to vote in my personal case, the Liberal Party is always ahead of Labor Party, always ahead of the Greens. But you can be sure there's going to be a bunch of independents and a bunch of minor parties that are ahead of any of the majors. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bernie, is it a big punishment for a major party to eventually get your preference but not get your primary vote? Oh, look, eventually, as you say, it flows through. Um, it can it can give a little bit of anxiety on, uh, you know, as, as the weeks, if it's a close result, it can provide a little bit of anxiety. But the fact of the matter is that if you vote uh, independent one, two and three and liberal four, what you're in fact doing is voting liberal. Uh, or if you vote Labor, for what you what in fact is you're, you're voting Labor. So what people don't realise is that when you vote Green, what in fact you're doing is you're voting Labor, because mm -hmm. the Greens preference Labor in every seat, and Daniel Andrews is in government because of the Greens. Extreme and Greens. You know that's that's the bottom line. And uh, you know uh, Bill Shorten almost became Prime Minister 
uh, because of the Greens. You know, a vote yep. for the Greens is a vote for Labor. And they might have their domestic squarrel, uh, uh, quarrels and all the rest of it, but uh, the fact of the matter is they are one and the same and, and you, you can't get away from it. You know, they are, they are a peas in a pod. You can, you can make all sorts of euphemisms about them, but, but they're the same crowd. Um, you yep. know, they're just diff, different, different colours of nutcase, but they are the same crowd. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's uh, swing around the room and um, we will wrap up final thoughts for the evening before I say goodbye. Don't go away, gentlemen, when I do. We'll keep chatting backstage after um, we go off the air. Um, and that's when all the good stuff happens. Um, but uh, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Avi, why don't you um, uh, lead us off? Where, if not Facebook, would you like everybody to go? And, and what's your thoughts on the conversation we've had tonight? I had good fun. I actually really like what you're doing here because I think in Australia we are lacking and we've been lacking for so long a conservative platform of sensible voices maybe differing opinions uh, on the spectrum of conservative, but we're lacking this and it's great to see. And I see how you're operating and you're working really, uh, really professionally. So I'm, I'm hoping people do get behind the good source. I know when I jumped on your side, I was like, Oh, this is great. Mm. So it's exciting times. Um, happy to be a part of it. And uh, thank you for the plug. Um, plug you. Uh, I've got fight the fines Australia. Fightthefines.com.au, standwithavi.com. What are we doing? So where where you can find me, it depends uh, where we're not being censored. But uh, at the moment, mostly I'm doing all my work through Rebel News. So the Rebel News uh, um, YouTube channel is great. I still have my YouTube, but it's, it's, it's best. It'll be first on Rebel News anyways. There's Twitter. At the moment, I'm back on Instagram. We'll see how long that lasts. Facebook yeah. is that page. But um uh, you so sign up to the mailing list on Rebel News. That's probably best. And uh, just uh, listen, I'm one of those people. I'm one of 17 kids. I'm the middle child. So no matter how far you try to run away from my content, it's going to find you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to hunt you down. Where did you, get on, where did you get on the ticket, Dave? Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry, Harvey. Where did you get on the ticket? On what, what do you, seven, I'm number 10. <laughs> I, have, I have middle child syndrome times 17. Strike. That is that's a big Man. call. Wow. Wow. That, that's why my mum lives on a different continent. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's great. Uh Tofu, your thoughts for the evening. Well, look, I um I'm one of seven. Uh I was number five, but effectively grew up as a youngest, so I kind of have a youngest child syndrome. Look, I I, again, I, I love what's happening here. One of the things that I think is a real silver lining out of what we're seeing in Victoria and what we're seeing from Daniel Andrews is there are a lot of people who have previously ignored politics and ignored it on the false assumption that it was going to ignore them, that if they just got on with their life, then they were going to be allowed to get on with theirs. And, and that's never been true. And they're getting a real wake-up call right now. And I think one of the, the silver linings of all of this is that Victorian people are going to become much more politically engaged than what we've seen in the past, and hopefully Australia-wide as well. But certainly here in Victoria, we're really feeling the pinch. We're really feeling the effect. And I think a lot of people are going to start to get more engaged. That's where it's really important for things like what you're doing, what Arby does, uh, what I do, and to have MPs like Bernie who are willing to speak up and mm. put kind of the other side of the coin that, that yeah, we're not really hearing a lot of on, on mainstream media. It is an underrepresented point of view, broadly speaking, as much as some people mm. like to pretend that the media leans right. 
uh, that's more of a measure of where they sit on the spectrum than than anything else. Yeah. So I'm actually very optimistic coming out of all of this. That's not why I've that, that's why I haven't packed my bags yet. Uh, if we get to the next Good. Victorian election and we vote Labor again in Victoria, uh, then I will be writing Victoria off as the California of Australia. Uh, yeah. And at that point, my wife and I will be packing our bags. But I'm going to fight tooth and nail, and I'm so glad that so many other people are also going to be fighting tooth and nail between now and then. To try and see the to, to try and capitalize, you know, never let a disaster go to waste. That's what the left have always said. That's what the communists have always said. Well, hey, mm -hmm. let's let's take the same approach. There is a disaster happening right now in Victoria, and we can use this to educate a lot of people and get a lot of people engaged in politics who've previously ignored it. And that is what my plan is over the next few years. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Well said. So many good things being said tonight. Uh, I'm going to have a full-time job for a week just cutting up little clips from it. Um, Bernie, your final thoughts on anything we've raised tonight or anything you'd like to raise? Yeah, look, Dave, I, I think what you're doing here is absolutely magnificent and more power to your arm. But I, I just point out that over the next month, um, it's, it's probably the most important month that we've experienced for a very, very long time because... We have here in Victoria, we have local government elections. And I'm great, you know, as as mm. um, as was as Tofa just said, you know, it has prompted a lot of good conservative people to get involved in even local government. For the first mm. time ever, we have good conservative wow. candidates just about everywhere. And that's that's a really good start. That's then of course awesome. next week we have the, the ACT election. Uh, which will be very, very important. Then the Queensland election, which, uh, well, the future of Queensland is on the line. That's that's the that's that's the um, the, the way it is. That's that's the actual truth of the matter. That's understatement. And then, of course, um, a week after that, we have um, well the, the the free world on the line. And if uh, if the Democrats win uh, in the United States, if if Trump loses, uh, I think you can write the United States off. I think you're going to see those Antifa people. You're going to see all those nutcases uh, who are. Uh, uh, inhabiting the, the the Democratic Party now, they're going to be running the show, and uh, God help the United States, God help the free world if that happens. Uh, mm. Donald Trump, God bless you, and keep going. After his performance tonight, today, there is no chance Donald Trump is losing. I am <laughs> sold. After that flight from the hospital to the White House, he's the king. He's got to win. He's got to win with a landslide if there's any oh. justice in the universe. What we just hope is that it's an overwhelming victory and doesn't go on for three months in court. Mm. Um, mm. So yeah, that's uh, super, super important. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of the show. I do have to let you know that next Tuesday night, instead of Pello Talk Live with a regular panel, we're going to actually be live streaming a candidate forum. Um, a, a Christian candidate forum. Um, so there's going to be a, a partnership with uh, some of the local pastors and, and churches in in two key battleground seats in in um, Brisbane. That's going to be the seat of Mansfield and Springwood. So a bunch of churches are going to get together uh, with cooperation and promotion from the Australian Christian Lobby, we're going to get a bunch of candidates together, and we're going to interview them for the job and say what it takes. We're, we're not picking sides beforehand, but your answers will inform our decision. And then we're going to support the best person uh, for the welfare, the justice and the peace of our neighbours. So that's the topic and the show for next Tuesday night. Hope you can tune in for that. And um, we've also got great shows planned coming up after that. But that's it for this episode of Pillow Talk. Please share it with your friends, leave a comment, and head to goodsource.news to subscribe 
to the newsletter so we can never lose track of you even after we get deplatformed. Thank you very much for watching and we'll see you next time.